Hail, traveler. Be wary in these lands, for the skies overhead darken with the shadows of dragon's wings. The undercrofts overflow with the rise of the dead. There is danger afoot across the whole of elsewhere. Do you venture to brave these wilds? Then come inside, rest your well-traveled feet, and order up around. Share your tales with two of Tamriel's finest storytellers. Here they are now, the law seekers, Jibs and Cash. Oh yeah, man. Oh, I got sciatica. I was mid-drink. <laughs> I got sciatica. Oh, Rub it out. I got spilkus. I just sat down. I already have spilkus. Oh, my gosh. How's it going? Hi, buddy. Oh, man. Yeah. It's scary out there. Oh, my gosh. Right? It is scary. What can I get you, boys? Oh, hi, dear. Um. Slap and a tickle. A sl- <laughs> hmm. I'll take a... <laughs> I'll take one white gold tower. You know what? Make it two. I'm feeling frisky tonight. We got one a heck of a show. So I'll take that. What are you doing? I didn't mean what I just said. Don't be mad at me. All right. <laughs> I'm going to have a Sadri Sujama tonight. A I'm going to try something right exotic. Up. Oh, thank you. She knew what I was talking thank about. You're so uncultured. I am uncultured, but I can't help it. You know, you, you do what you can. You know? You know what makes you a little more cultured? What's that? That freaking dirt you're growing on your face. What is that? You know the beauty about being Jibs? Is Jibs... If I was on the X-Men, my my power would be quickness of facial hair growth. Sometimes. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, you know what you look That's like. That's an awful is, analogy. You look absolutely... That? You look like Doc Holliday, dude. Like, as soon as you... Actually, we popped on the camera and Jibs goes, look at my face. And I'm like, I don't want to. He goes, look at my face. <laughs> And I looked at it, and the oh. first thing that came to mind was... I'm your huckleberry. <gasps> I'm just oh, my gosh. Nice, Paul. <laughs> oh, I love that. Nice, That Paul. was me frantically trying to pull together a soundbite right before you went live. Dude. Oh, that was well played. Yeah. No, <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I've, I have a, I've had a beard all my life. Uh, I don't know. This week, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. For everybody who watches New Girl and listens, this is a New Girl household in the Jibs household. I wanted to be like Nick. I wanted to grow a cool-looking stash. I wanted to be what? I wanted to be a hipster for a week. That's what it was. It looks pretty good. You only have a week to be a hipster before I get on a plane and come to Indiana and whoop the shit out of you. Okay, Dad. Okay. <laughs> no hipsters. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you're a hipster, oh. I love you anyway. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny you say that. Like, I went to a wedding um, in Indianapolis uh, uh, last weekend. Go to the wedding every, you know, and I, I'm only thirty. But I felt like the oldest one there. Everyone was totally hipstered out. They looked so dapper and awesome. And I roll in there with cargo shorts, a button up, and uh, looking a little scraggly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just say that you went to a wedding? Yeah. Wearing cargo shorts? Yeah, man. (laughs) I don't know these people. That's the best part about it. I didn't know a single person there. You are such a redneck. Oh, hell yeah. I, or, excuse me, uh, heck yeah. I, I roll up. It, oh my, my wife God. knew everybody. I just rolled in. And I'm like, hey, I'm rocking some Crocs <laughs> cargo shorts. 
<laughs> Hang on, let me you rephrase that. You were not. You wore Crocs to let a wedding? Let me rephrase that. They were slip-ons that look like Crocs, but they're solid. They're like canvas. No, they're bro. Canvas. You cannot <laughs> backstep out of that. <laughs> the damage is done. Oh. You've already pissed your pants. It's wet. Okay? It's wet now. Oh, uh, my God. My only concern was being there and having a great time with my wife, and we had a kick-ass time. Your and only concern should have been not to absolutely embarrass and disparage your oh, lovely wife's it. name. She didn't care. You're kind of okay, at that point so where we're getting ready to come up. What's that? The 10-year anniversary? You come up on that 10-year anniversary? It's like everyone has a certain name. I don't know the name of this one, but we're getting ready to hit 10 years this year. And, uh, you know, like, what 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 more do you want? Like, you, what you get, what, what you see is what you get nowadays. <laughs> I want your wife to square kick you in your freaking sack for wearing <laughs> something like that to a wedding. I made it look good. Okay. You know, the more I think when about it, maybe come, that was the reason why I kept getting looks. When you come to California, the first thing we're going to do is go shop. We're going to go shop? We're going to go shop. I'm I don't shop. Looks we're going to go shop. All right. Oh. Well, wow. we've had one heck of a week. Uh, you've been busy. Tell me about your week. What you been doing? I, I've i been doing a lot of content creation this week. Um, I, once again, busy week at work. It always is. Uh, but um, a lot of content creation stuff this week, including what we have going on the show tonight. Yep. And something special coming to YouTube. Oh, yeah. You going to tell them the dirty? Tell them the neat greedy? I am. Uh, we are starting a new series. Yeah. We always start new series. The dabble and see if they work. I think this one's going to work. Uh, we have a new series coming to YouTube, and it is called The Road Less Traveled. Where basically we, uh, in our I travels, we... I love it too. Love uh, we scour the lands of Tamriel and find some of the lesser known lore books and uh, read them and talk about them. Yeah. And it's going to be in video format on the YouTubes. Yeah. So look forward to that probably within the next few days. Yeah, I am excited. I watched the uh, preview or the, the concept run of it today. And uh, I'm excited. I really am. You freaking nailed it. Fun fact, for those who didn't know, Ro, it was going to be a long time ago when we finished the very first volume of Remember this, Cash? We finished the very first volume of Lore Seekers. Yep. Volume 2 was going to be called Roads Less Traveled, and it was going to be really uh, heavily focused on the storyline at the end. Right. And uh, so you adapted it to this, and it was awesome. It was Thank awesome. You, buddy. Can I'm you, always you, so nervous to release like new content, because I don't know if it's just going to absolutely crap the bed or if it's okay. Yeah. And Jibs liked it, so that means a lot to me. Yeah. Well, you did good. You did good. Well, thank you. Yeah, real good. Hey, can you, uh, what, what, when did you say it was coming out? What day? I got to do some final edits on it. I'll probably release it tomorrow, which will mean it will be available the very same day that this show releases. So, Friday? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. There you go. Maybe you even before. All right. Yep. YouTube.com slash Seekers. Oh, man. Busy week. It's finals week. Uh, I got everything done. Got to proof check a couple things, send it off to professors or whatever, and, uh, it's good. Uh, I've, I am in the process for the first time in five years. Got a got a, inter, a good interview for a new job. Getting ready to start and uh, possibly start a brand new career. And, Can I pause uh, you right there? Yeah, I'm gonna pause you. Okay. 
if you are out there, all the things that you do to wish upon amazing things or pray upon amazing things, <laughs> send them Jibs's way. Because this... I appreciate that. He deserves this. That's all I'm going to say. I want you to continue with your week. I appreciate it. Send him love because he needs and deserves this. I appreciate it. Yeah, it'd be a life changer. Absolutely. And uh, the best part is local. So, you know, you can't beat that. But, uh, man, I am... So I finished Elsewhere, right? And I know we're 11 minutes in. We haven't even really started with the show, but, you know, that's okay. That's okay. Um, started with Elsewhere. Uh, you know, a complete elsewhere, you and I both have, and I was kind of at this point where I'm like, here we go. Now we start. Now's the time to go through the rest of Tamriel. Yeah. But I sat there and I kept looking at my map, and I'm like... That's a lot of work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a big map. I was, Yeah, it really is. And I was like, um, I'm not ready to start yet. I'm not ready yet. And I'm like, there's something I really want to do. And... Um, so I made a stamina, uh, uh, two-handed slash bow, um, solid PVP build, and I'm making necro. my own build again. Um, necro, necro, yes, it's all my builds now are necros, and um, it really kind of rekindled something in me that I didn't know I had a passion for, and it's really kind of just starting to develop, and that is creating non-meta experimental. PvP battleground builds that are fun, that are powerful, and that you just want to keep coming back to playing. And um, F yeah, you I ca- love this. You were the very first kind of like guinea pig of the Bobo, my Bobo Nightblade build. Yeah, and I was feeling like, all right, I'm one for one. Let's go for a two for two. <laughs> so, Dude, yeah. I'm so happy to hear you say this. And I, I I think that you should take this as far as you want to take it and have the time to take it because I truly believe you are very good at making your own builds. And you've that's where you and I differ a little bit with the way that we play ESO, which is fine because it offsets, you know, we offset each other for for the audience, which I think is great. I am much more of a Zyno dots all cast get an idea of what works and then kind of tweak it a little bit jibs is more of a i ain't looking at nothing i'm building my own thing and testing it out and then he'll go to those sites and go yeah it was pretty close anyway so mm-hmm. and then like so when you say like a non-traditional i don't forget the verbiage exact verbiage non-meta use, but non-meta build experimental yeah we talked about that with dots and it works like his shot his warden shaman build is really powerful and super fun you're probably not going to hit the top numbers that you would need you know to be in guild hodor or anything but there's like a super small fraction of us or of players that can make it into a guild that's that high and are at that high level of content so who cares yeah play what you want and have fun yeah, having fun having fun yeah. and when it comes to battlegrounds that's my personal favorite. I naturally gravitate towards battlegrounds, and I think creating builds that are specifically for battlegrounds only can be very fun and very unique. So I hope to bring that to everybody. Um, I'm waiting until this next build is done, and then I'm going to bring it out to the world, so that way at least there's a couple builds. I will put them at lorestickerspodcast.com. 
Side note, that was one of the main reasons why we moved to our new host, because we wanted more functionality. We wanted new more things that we could do. We really wanted to future-proof ourselves. And so that was one of the motivators all those months ago. And uh, so, yeah, you can look forward to that here in the here in the future. <laughs> I got to shout this out. Von Jameson in chat says, Jib's big Viking booty builds. Big Viking booty builds. <laughs> big booty builds. There you go. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, before we get started, we wanted to talk about something. Um, I wouldn't say PSA, because that's kind of like a real super official thing, but something that kind of happened last week that really bothered Cash and I when we signed off the air. I I don't like signing off the air feeling like something was amiss. You know what I mean? And I kind of felt it when the episode went out, and Cash texted me, called me later about it, and really kind of confirmed my suspicions on a lot of it. We both felt the same way, which is awesome. So, real quick, we want to address a couple of things. Number one, moving forward with the show, we'll be changing how we handle cinematics when it comes to the podcast. Um, used to, we would always throw them all in, because it's fun and it's different. But also, it makes sense when you can actually, you know, really get a good vibe of what is happening. So unless there's some kind of dialogue, you will no longer hear those at the beginning of our episodes. Still like to find some way to incorporate all cinematics. It would just be done in a different way. That makes sense. That's what it's really about. You know, makes sense. Sounds good. You know, that we're content with. Second, that really bothered us. Um, Cash, do you want to take, do you want to take the lead on your, what? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, We just had a realization um, last week that we are not, we hadn't been getting to, uh, with the speed that we normally like to, some of the things that we're getting in correspondence from our community. And Jibs and I absolutely 100% realize, and we will never, ever disparage the fact that this community is everything to us. Like our fans, the people that listen to the show, it even sounds weird to call it fans, but the people that listen to our show, you yep. folks, yep. are absolutely every single reason why we do the show every week and you are our fuel. So there is zero reason for us to forget an email or, you know, take two days to get. And sometimes it's hard because we do, we get a lot of mail and we get a lot of messages but we do our best to get back to you. Um, Jibs and I are going to make it now a priority. Mm-hmm. And in order to bring that to the forefront, we are no longer going to do our mailbag or voicemails or messages that we get at the end of the show. We're going to do them at the beginning of the show because right. you are most important and we want you to know that. Yep. Yep. That's right. Um, that was something that really bothered us. Uh, and try to piggyback uh, off cash here without re-saying the same thing too much. Um, it's really important to to us. It, that's what really bothered me. This show was founded upon the new player. It's continued with the new player. And I felt like we've all kind of grown together. Especially people who are binging the show. And we see it and it happens often. We often get emails and messages. Hey, I'm binging all the episodes. Just getting caught up. We've all kind of grown together. You know, with this show, and that's what's made it really special because it really kind of gives a a unique connection. You know, not only with the show, but all of us with you. And when we didn't get to your emails last week, it really just kind of struck a chord. And 
It's important to us in every way that you understand this. The show was founded upon you, for you, is continued up to this point for you, and it will continue to be for you until the day of our very last episode of the very last time we introduce ourselves and the absolute last time that we sign off the air. I thought so, you were going to say until the day we die. I was like, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes. <laughs> no, take it easy, take it easy. I take it easy. But, uh, and so that being said, I want to, and cash this too, we want to make sure that you are showcased on the show, that your voice is heard through your voicemails, through your emails, so we encourage every single person. Now, I think in the past, I have made a comment that the moment I said it, I regretted it, but it was in the show and I couldn't edit it out because it'd be weird. It just wouldn't sound right. It'd be like me talking, then all of a sudden, nothing. So I couldn't take it out. And so for me, I think at one point I said, if it's good enough, that is not the case and not at all what I believe here with Lore Seekers and not at all, it doesn't even embody at all who I am as a person. Every single voicemail is good enough. As long as we can understand you, as long as <laughs> we can play it, it can't be I know racial why you're laughing. or F-bombs, etc. So I know I why mean, you're laughing, because one of the ones that we're going to play a little bit later on is, is freaking hilarious. Awesomely hilarious. I love it. <laughs> so every single one, I want to hear from you. We do. And we're putting you front and center here at this show. The reason why we had you at the end, because that's really how every show does it and didn't think twice about it. It's like uh, Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. He says, that's what Dad did. It's worked out pretty well since then. And so, but it, until last week, it worked out. And so from now on, we're doing something new. We're putting you at the front. So that being said, Cash, my good buddy, are you ready to start the show? I am right after I talk about this. The chat just basically said that we need an intern, and you're absolutely right. An intern would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. And right? then Jen called me old. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. Ooh, I love nice you. Jen. Well done. <laughs> no, she said that I have a teenager who's probably the perfect candidate for a for an intern. Oh. But you're probably right. Should put her to work. There you go. Get her on. Earn college credits. That don't really get you anything. <laughs> and yes, right. I am ready. I'm okay, ready. cool. Well, everybody, welcome to the show. This is the Lore Seekers Podcast. This is volume four. Episode 9, and we couldn't be more excited to bring you another brand new episode of this podcast. I am your host, Jibs, or Jordan Butts, Jibs, whatever you want to call me, and the other host of the show, my good buddy, the other half of this wonderful podcast, Cash. I'm just going to call you Doc Holiday today. Call me what you want, Huckleberry. Yeah, because that's what I see, and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, if you missed last week on the show, it was our BE3 episode. We went top to bottom covered e3 gave it a good recap and uh you know cash was at e3 front and center front row and uh hanging out with uh the wonderful people of zoss it was a great time we talked about that also changes to guild history which we have an update for you today lore lesson on the breton here now this week first things first we're answering your female female <laughs> wow uh, Whoops. I think that we're, dirty hair on your lip got in your mouth. <laughs> Screw job. We're, oh, man. We're answering your fan mail. Goodness. I'm not even drunk. I'm not. It's kind of happening. You just kind of get old and stuff. The night just starts, is young. <laughs> you just, you, 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 you know, you just, stuff happens. I don't know. Uh, guild history update. We got a guild recruitment tool uh, we're going to be talking about later. We're bringing back dungeon lore and a lore lesson 
on quite possibly one of them. I keep saying this, but they they all really make me feel this way. A my most ex, I'm most excited about this lore lesson above any of above any all in all. We're gonna be talking uh, Palantine Southern elsewhere, so you can look forward to that later in the show. But my good friend, it's uh, that time. All right. Oh, a couple things. One, we didn't have a last week at Lore Secrets at the beginning of the episode because, turns out, I don't know what happened, but my portable hard drive said, no, all your work on the audio for the day is not being saved. So it's not there. Also, we have a new news bag bumper. You, can, It didn't make it. We'll figure it out. Yeah, perfect. Know. Way to have a backup plan. Yeah, I know. I have to make it twice. I don't know. But anyway. All right. So, wait, we're not doing the news. What are we doing? We're doing, we're doing mailbag. We're doing the mailbag. For shame. For shame. I've been looking for you. There he is. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. All right. Well, you know, it wouldn't be a show without you. So here we go. We got uh, quite a few voicemails. And uh, the first one is from Black Swan on Khajiit Adepts. Let's take a listen. Hello, Jibson Cash. This is Black Swan. I am a fellow lore seeker. I've been spending all of my ESO time and elsewhere since it was released. And I've come across a few Khajiit adepts, such as the ones in the Whispering Claw. I would like to learn more about them. When most people think of Khajiit, they think of stealth and thievery, moon sugar and skooma, or comic relief. This order seems to be more serious. They focus on philosophy, and they train in hand-to-hand combat. I saw a few of these warrior monks in Canarthi's Roost, but there wasn't much on their lore. I was wondering if you had any additional information or thoughts on this topic. I haven't ventured too far into the storyline of Elsewhere, so maybe I'll learn more about them as I go. Um, And if that's the case, would you consider covering it in a future lore lesson? Thanks, and keep up the great work. Awesome. Swan, thanks so much for the voicemail. We appreciate it. Thank you. Apparently I repeated it. My bad. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Khajiiti Adepts. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, turns out there's pretty much nothing on Khajiiti Adepts, uh, Adepts. And we did look. The one thing to remember is that with Zoss working so close with Bethesda, a lot of times they're writing their own lore that's going to be memorialized in Elder Scrolls lore forever. And I think this is absolutely one of those points with these Khajiitia adepts. Now, if you remember, and I don't think this is too spoilerish, but when you start in Elsewhere, you are in a place called the Starhaven Adeptorium. And that's where you first meet Khajiitia adepts. And many of them are experts at unarmed combat. Mm-hmm. And I saw some talk in chat about this earlier. Uh, does that not hearken to the monk? Oh, yeah. How awesome of a class would that be next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Zoss is like, seriously, F you guys. We just brought a new class out. We're not doing that again. <laughs> or it'll be a while. Hey, guys, we just gave you one. What more do you want? Yeah, and I mean, it's a monk. The monk in Elder Scrolls lore is a little bit, le- you know, of a lesser known class or yeah. discipline, I would say, over class, you know, unarmed. 
it's really not too, too much of a thing in Elder Scrolls. It's still out there, but it's not like the Necromancer was. I mean, that was just like everywhere and super blatant. Oh, man, yeah. Um, the Warden class is another one. I think we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, coming up, too, with one of these other uh, voicemails. But the Warden class is another example of that, where it's like there's not a whole lot of lore. Yeah. Which is kind of odd, right? It's super odd. And one, uh, like I was saying, one of our other voicemails is going to kind of be alluded to that one a little bit. So I won't touch on it too much here. But Black Swan, I am absolutely 100% with you. I would love to have more lore on Khajiiti Adepts. Because, yeah, I think there is a lot more depth to the Khajiit other than the comic relief and, um, you know, some of the other things that, that are focused upon in their own cultural lore. I would love to see more about these, you know, very highly disciplined and highly trained warriors. I agree 100%. Um, you know, it kind of makes me wonder, maybe we won't see something of this uh, in Pelotine. But um, I will say this. When I f- that was one of the very first things I noticed when they did a gameplay trailer for Elsewhere all these you know months ago was the adepts there in the sands doing their meditation. And because uh, I love that. I've always loved that. And I, I don't know the name of it. Is it a Zen garden? I think it's a Zen garden. I have yeah. always loved those to pieces for whatever reason. I want one for my office and <laughs> like a desktop. <laughs> well, it's it's funny that you say that because in modern life, I mean, meditation has always been out there. But I feel like now more than ever in my own life, I have seen so many more people like trying meditation. Right. And, you know, you can, whatever you want to think about is fine. But meditation is absolutely incredibly amazing. And there's so many martial mm-hmm. disciplines that mm-hmm. revolve around meditation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, right. I mean, that's one of the first things that you are introduced to in Elsewhere is this kind of monkish way of life that a lot of these Khajiit have, and in particular the Khajiit adepts. So it's a very, very interesting part of Khajiit culture that I would love to dive into, but, you know, we scoured. There's just not that much other than what you have already experienced in the Elsewhere expansion. Yeah, if you really want to experience a lot of adepts, make sure you do the tutorial, the new tutorial within Elsewhere. That's where you're going to see them a lot of. Um, but that's really, like Cash said, that's really about it. So anyway, thanks, Swan. Appreciate it. Thank you. That makes me want to quote a movie line, Swan. But I won't. So, it, that, you don't, you're not going to Is that from Christmas Vacation? No, but all good things come from Are Christmas Vacation. Are you sure? Vacation. The blessing. <laughs> that is... Yes. All right. Next up on the docket, we got Michael, who has a voicemail on Game Time. Let's take a listen. Hey, guys. This is Michael at Tarboo PCNA. I just got my wisdom teeth out, so I thought this would be a perfect time to give you guys a call. I love this show. I've been listening to all your content over the past couple weeks. And I think you guys and people like Doc Gaming really give gamers a good name out there. Just keep it up, man. One quick interesting question that I thought would be cool to hear the answer to is, since you first started gaming, what's the longest amount of time you've gone without gaming in one period of time? 
For me, it was six months in the Philippines. Let me know. Keep it up, guys. Love you. Wow. We love you, too. <laughs> wow. I literally had to mute my mic, dude. That is incredibly awesome. Michael. And we've already heard it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, wow. All right, so what's the longest we've gone without game time? Um, there once was a time, a long time ago, before I did my very first podcast, where I took a complete two-year break. And Mike's in the chat? That's Mike? Dude! Oh my God, somebody just said Rigger called. <laughs> Mike, is that really you? Hang on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, folks. We have Mike right here Wait. in the chat. Mike, is that really you? Speak up. Oh, tar my God. Tard Tardwood, is that really you, Mike? If it is, that's hilariously awesome. I loved that voicemail. Oh. Yeah, it God. is. Ah, Tardwood. Hope your teeth doing well, buddy. <laughs> Dude, I've listened to that like three times, and I nearly <laughs> pissed myself. <laughs> Freaking oh. tough. So how are your teeth? Yeah. How's your recovery? Hope your, hope your teeth doing well, man. <laughs> He's in chat. That's, a, that's so awesome. <laughs> Oh, we're streaming live, by the way. Twitch.tv slash Podcast. Um, oh, my God. That's wow. hilarious. Okay, so I did a two years of where I completely, because I was so incredibly addicted to gaming. Incredibly addicted. I was a dick husband. I was a dick son. I was a dick all around. And so I took a complete two-year hiatus from gaming. I didn't, Still a dick. I didn't look at the news. I didn't know. I literally felt like for the first time in my life, I had to get reacquainted with gaming. And so it's kind of, you know, it's so interesting to me that you asked that question. Um, because for me, two years. Whoa. Yeah. But you can't top that. That's a lot. I, yeah, I, I probably can. I'm not going really? to like wow. do it on purpose. But no, I can't top two years. But um, I've had several breaks from gaming. Now, granted... Granted, I'm in my 40s, yeah. and I've been gaming since I was probably 12. Right. So pretty steadily through high school, and then I already knew what I wanted to do for a career. So I did a lot of pretty hardcore school and preparing for my job in the fire department. Mm -hmm. So I would probably say I took at least a solid year or two off. Of Look gaming when I was going through all my schooling and especially when I went through paramedic school, that was like that. That's it. That's all you're doing for like your entire life until you're done with that. Right. Um, and then, you know, obviously my career progressed and I've been gaming pretty steadily for the better part of 20 years. But I did take right before we started doing this show. I took a seven month break when I was in the Sheriff's Academy. And that was like another, I you know, remember completely that. consume your life thing. Yep. And pretty much, you know, Jibs knows this, pretty much as soon as I got done with that, we were doing this show. Yeah. Because I jumped right back into ESO and I was like, okay, yeah. I need to not think about freaking penal codes and, you know, all that kind of crap. And I was like right back into penal codes, not penile codes. I was going to say, you want to... No, you just gave me that weird face. It was almost I a smile. That's kind down. of creepy. What more do you want from me? That's kind of creepy. 
penal codes. No, but oh. it, it was probably the last one I took was about seven months, and it, it freaking damn near wrecked me. Because at the you know at the time I got like twenty years of just like yeah. unadulterated gaming. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's funny so it sucks, but man. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I think that seven months was the only time you and I were just about completely disconnected from each other. Yeah. And then I don't even know how we got started talking again. I think you sent me a text. Or, I yeah, it was like I miss your musk. <laughs> I miss your cheap ass body spray. I miss your mud. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, you're right. Literally two weeks later, <laughs> we start a show. So it's kind of funny how that worked out. But uh, anyway, Michael, thanks so much. It uh, looks like his teeth are doing very well. Well, that's fantastic. Good, good, good to see you. <laughs> good to see you're feeling well. Next so one up awesome. is Rennie Mokiro. I think I said that correctly. I apologize if I didn't. You did. But uh, yeah. Cash got a chance met- to meet her at E3. I- I did. Yeah. I met uh, I, I met Rennie at uh, BE3, and she's amazing. That's fantastic. Just so freaking sweet. Here we go. Rennie on BE3. Let's take a listen. Hi, fellow lore seekers. This is Rennie Mokiro. Just filling you in on my take of the BE3. And we had a great time. I was privileged enough to be in row one and making lots of noise on behalf of Elder Scrolls Online. The whole presentation was great. All the communities were cheering for each other and um, were excited to see so many new developments. The teams have been working so hard for us, the people who play the game, and the community was there to support them. So thankful to be part of the supportive ESO fam. Everybody have a great day. Thanks. She is so incredibly sweet. Yes. She's very sweet. And you know what? I, I'm intrigued to know if Rennie was a part of Lore Seekers before BE3. Because if she is, then I'm, I'm going to punch myself in the mouth. Because I would have spent a lot more time talking to her. Because I like if I'd have known that she was a Lore Seeker, I certainly would have. Not that I wouldn't have anyway, but I'm just saying. She's so incredible. You know who she reminds me of? I know exactly what you're going to say. Yep. Totally. Pip. For those of you who don't totally. know, Pip is basically, yes. she in every fashion really is. There's only one person in this life that rules over Cash and I when we, <laughs> that's not our wives. And that is our gaming mother, Pip, in our community. Yo, we've she known Pip for a long time. Straight and narrow. She does not take yeah. any crap. Because <laughs> I don't know if you knew or not, but we could run off the rails a little bit. <laughs> and she's like, uh, no. Oh my gosh, Pip's in chat. So. Ooh, hi, Pip. <laughs> She's behind me, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hi, Pip. Much love. Oh, much, much love. love. Yes. And now, I mean, I'm sure Pip will be happy to know now, we have several other lovely females that also oversee us and tell us what the F we're doing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, uh, we- no. <laughs> yeah. Copy that. <laughs> and Jibs and I are very smart. We're like, okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are right. So anyway, uh, we love all you that's guys. Fantastic, Rennie, Thanks so much for the voicemail. It was awesome. And then, yes, last you. but not least, we've got Brian on qua- uh, class. Wow, class quest lines. I don't need to slow the f down. Here we go. <laughs> that's called slurring. <laughs> hey guys, it's Brian. Uh, you answered my question on air a couple of weeks ago about what racing class would be the best marine. Um, 
more on that later because I only have a minute or less. I just, I was watching the uh, Bethesda Live and I saw the cinematic trailer for Dragon Hole and I crapped my pants a little bit. It was so amazing. I've oh never my. been <laughs> really thrilled by any of the cinematic trailers since the, the original Three Banners War Dark Anchor trailers with OG ESO back in 2013 and 2014. And I'm super, super excited about it. So I wanted to say that. Also, I wanted to ask you guys what you think about um, doing quest lines specific to your class because I really love the warden playstyle and I was playing as I have two wardens. I have a uh, dark elf magical warden and then I have a uh, red guard um, stamina warden. And I was, I was realizing there's not a lot of lore except for what Elder Scrolls Online has already put out about the wardens. And I'd like to know more about that. And I thought it'd be really cool if you could have like, you know, a quest line specific to necromancers and a quest line specific to Templars. And I wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Um, anyways, as always, I'm going to pander to you guys and tell you how much I love the show and I'm listening to it at work all the time, even when I don't get to play ESO because I work so much. And yeah, you guys are great and keep up the amazing work and also, thank you for creating such a wonderful community around your podcast. All right, talk to you guys later. All right, so Brian, thank you. First off, that was very kind of you. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, uh, I I feel bad for him that he he pooped his pants, but it, this might make you know him what? feel a little bit better. It happens to the best of us. It does, and like and you were watching the trailer too, and said that you might have pooed a little. And I happened to be in between um, one of our community managers and the game director when I shit my own pants, <laughs> watching that live. <laughs> so uh, yeah. that's awkward. Yeah, you're like, excuse me, I'll be back. It's okay. You just wait here. Hold my seat. I gotta go to the pamper room. Don't worry about. I'll be back. Don't worry about that smell. I'm back and okay. <laughs> No, but seriously, class quest lines, I think that sounds fantastic. Um, I would love to, I really would love to see that. And I think the other MMO, Warcraft, uh, they had those in there. Uh, mm. With Legion, they kind of up the ante, I think. I don't remember. I know we played it. We both played it. But um, to me personally, I would love to see that because when you do something like that, you create this deeper sense of connection with for the players with the character they're playing. You get to understand more about them. And it really, at the end of the day, it's nothing but good things because guess what? You get um, to, like I said, you get a deeper connection. And it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling. So, yeah, sign me up. I would definitely like to see some kind of... I'm kind of torn a little bit. Like, I have a little bit of me that is like, uh, I don't know. But for the most part, I think some type of a class storyline would solidify some type of an order that your class belongs to or maybe at once belong to if you RP. I internally RP every single one of my characters. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there is really no warden lore out there, it 
takes a little bit of my soul because I really do like that class too, but there really is not right. any warden lore out there. If there had been, that would have been one of the first lore lessons we ever did, I'll tell you that much. But there wasn't. So to find out what the warden actually is, what their origins are, and there's there's no difference with the Sork, no difference with the Templar, no any other class. It would be really neat to know that as you level, there is a quest line there where you can go learn about your particular class's origin and what they are and what place they hold in Elder Scrolls Online or in the Elder Scrolls universe, universe as a whole. But there's not. The other part of me thinks that to have a class quest, it may kind of pigeonhole the RPers into where their personal origin story was. Right. You know what I mean? So, but that's a very small part. I would rather default to getting much more content. So that would be, I mean, could you imagine incrementally if Elder Scrolls Online released a class quest, you know, a quarter or maybe, maybe one or two a year. Like this year, we're we're going to do the warden. Oh, and then you can roll a warden and then play through oh, that. Yeah, or dude. you, even if you're a CP warden, yeah. you can yeah. play through at whatever level you're at. Would be really really cool. I agree 100%. for every class. I agree, hundred percent. Um, I've always said in regards to the necromancer, necromancy in general, the necromancers in general, it's more than just oh they're bad guys. No 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 no. There's more to them. Why they believe what they believe. Right. Why they do what they do. In their mind, why... They, how they do. How they do. How they do. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would love that because really it would just add layers, man. And um, I am not a warden person. It's so funny. Gosh, it's so funny. You and I are so opposite. Like everything I am not, you are and vice versa. Like I, you, warden would have been your class. It would have been your class. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. And it, for me, it was like never that way. And for me, it was the polar opposite. I wanted to be Mr. Evil Necromancer. And so now I brought you over here. Now we're just playing Necromancer. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And I mean, honestly, I think the thing that would have... Um, come here, Khajiit. I got Khajiit on my lap. Um, I think the biggest thing for me with the Warden is if I could have... Um, as efficiently yeah. as, say, a High Elf... Or one of the other mad like or Breton, you know, one of the other magicka based classes right. or races. Yeah. If I could have very efficiently played a warden as a, a wood elf, oh yeah, I'd still be maining the magicka warden, which right is a it's a complicated class if you want to you want to pull lots of DPS out of it. It is a complicated class, so yeah. um, that's just where I've landed. I I'm really enjoying the necro right now, and I'm perfectly happy guy maining a, a magicka necro. I love necromancy. The best. I love it. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much. And uh, as always, and as we mentioned earlier, you can uh, front and center. We want to get you here in the show, and uh, we want to hear from you. So you can always call us, 765. I've got this memorized now. I was pretty impressed with myself because I don't know this number outside of this. (laughs) 765-382-6960. Oh, look at the Kajit. 6961. Or you can email us. Lord Seekers Podcast at gmail.com. All right, so now it's time for the news. Are you ready for the news? We got some news. 
All right, Cash is ready for the news. Here we go. Oh, you needed a response? I don't know. I was just going to let you go. <laughs> you know. Just going to see what you did. I'm, just, I'm petting my kitty. Oh, okay. I understand. I understand. I would pet my, my kitty if it was here. Maybe it's the lore seeker. All right, everybody. Well, before we get started, we have a quick shout-out. Uh, special thanks, Cash, to uh, community member Braxwolf. Yeah, Braxwolf um, actually writes for Massively OP. Mm -hmm. um, he's written some of our storyline stuff before, too. Incredibly talented writer and just a really great all-around dude. Uh, but he writes for Massively OP, and he wrote a really cool article that was spotlighting all of the Elder Scrolls uh, podcasts. And he absolutely nailed every one of the podcast personalities. Uh, I listen to every one of them, so he's was absolutely right on target with every single one of those shows. So yeah. if you are looking for the mother load of Elder Scrolls podcasts, then go take a look at uh, Braxwolf's article at Massively OP which is specifically on ESO podcasts. And uh, thank you much for the shout-out. That was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Massively OP's guide to the best Elder Scrolls online podcast. We'll have that link over at lordseekerspodcast.com. All right, so we have an update, update on the guild history changes, like we talked about last week. So uh, news this week really is quite light, which was actually great because it gave us time to really do all the things we need to do beforehand. So, um, so... I'm just going to read this quote, and then we can go from there, okay? So if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the last episode. It's like the first, uh, very first article that we cover on the show. And, uh, yeah, kind of give you better, a little bit better of understanding. But long story short, uh, guild history was removed from the guild uh, um, window. Couldn't see what had happened with your guilds. Also, add-ons were not working as far as... Um, guild related so you couldn't tell who had donated stuff you couldn't tell how much somebody had sold for your guild this really mainly affected trade guilds okay and yeah and so, like huge yeah pretty pretty large um pretty largely so anyway this is coming to us from eso forums and this is from uh, gina bruno she says quote we've re-enabled the in-game portion of guild history but the add-on functionality that uses the guild history remains off for now this is still a temporary solution until we are able to implement a better, more permanent fix. You should be able to view the past 10 days of guild history when you log in. Okay, so now, long story short, add-ons, they're still not up to snuff. They're still not, you know, what they were. But now, in the very least, you can see your guild history. So if you make a donation to a guild, a guild bank, GMs are going to be able to see it, which is pretty important. So there is that. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. It's most of a big deal for the trade guilds, like we were saying. You know, for us, it's like, eh, we don't really have a trade or anything. It's like I'm selling, you know, for a grog recipe. So whatever. Right. Um, but for trade guilds that do like weekly auctions and basically run their guild on a weekly basis based off of donations, it's a big freaking deal. Mm. So... I mean, you can sink a guild if you don't have some of that functionality in there. So I'm sure they're working on it. And, um, you know, it's just when new things come out, other things break. So sometimes there's that uh, there's that period that you got to work through it and just be patient. Okay, good to know. Um, I'm also getting something that looks like in chat. 
Uh, I don't have a link yet, but that may have been updated. It may have been updated since then. Um, since what? Earlier today? Yeah. Oh, this is from Rich Lambert. Okay, let's just read oh, this perfect. here. Uh, it says, hi, all. Just wanted to get... Thank you very much, Mikey Shoop and chat. Appreciate it. Just wanted to give everyone a quick update on the Guild History issue. It's impacted on server performance and what our plan of attack to address the issue is. ESO has seen remarkable growth in the past few months. And by the way, this was posted on June 19th. We've had a huge influx of new and returning players that combined with the newly added Guild Finder tool has resulted in a ton more players in guilds. More players in guilds is a great thing, but this has also surfaced a nasty performance problem with guild history that is exacerbated by user-created add-ons that constantly query it for data. With significantly larger guilds and more people using these add-ons, we've seen a huge amount of load on the servers that can't be solved by throwing more hardware at the problem. In the short term, we are throttling how much and how often add-ons can request the guild history. We will be making tweaks to this throttling over the next few days to find, out, to find an acceptable balance between performance and user experience. Longer term, we're working on changing the guild history to be more effectively queried by data using pushed to the client instead of allowing add-ons to pull the data on a whim. This work is being done now and should be ready for testing with, with update 23 PTS, which by the way is only a few weeks away. Thanks for being patient with us while we work through this one. It's been a particularly difficult issue to nail down. Okay, there you go. I love you, Rich. There, Sorry. There you go. Sorry, is that Tourette's? <laughs> there you Kicking go. Up again. That's great. That's I love. It. Okay, great. I love it. You heard it here, folks. A live update on things happening in real time Shung. on uh, the Lore Seekers <laughs> podcast. Now, cut to commercial. You, is there a commercial? Are you missing skooma in your life? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Dude, uh, I f- love you. <laughs> <laughs> I boop your nose. Don't move. Don't move. Boop. I boop your nose. Jeez. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, uh, we need you on whiskey more often. That is just fantastic. Number one, I'm really excited to be here. Number two, I'm really excited to be here with other people in chat. Number three, turns out Jameson and Jack works really well together. So there's Dude, a... wait, Jamie, you mix two whiskeys? Yeah, I do that. You are absolutely the worst redneck I have <laughs> ever known in my whole life. <laughs> Are you wearing cargo shorts and Crocs right now? No, I'm wearing a Motiga t-shirt and pajama pants. I didn't pants. ask about your upper body. I'm asking about your cargo shorts. I'm wearing pajama and pants. freaking Crocs. Pajama pants. All right. Well, I guess that'll work. Wow. <laughs> What's wrong with two whiskeys? My friends, I want to apologize <laughs> for my friend chips what is wrong with two whiskeys is that an etiquette are they in separate glasses no that's the problem what's wrong with it's that it's literally like you took the towel on the bar that they use to sop up all the crap and you just wrung it out into your glass like that what and then, what's wrong mm. you're getting two complimentary complimentary flavors that you enjoy and if they blend well like an experimental build in eso then what the hell's the problem 
I think we should move on so everybody doesn't know how unrefined you are. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Louise. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Jibs, dude, no, how dare you? Okay. Well, apparently I have insulted the queen. All right, so uh, find a community with Update 22's new guild tools. This is coming to us from ESO Official. And, uh, you know, we've already went over the guild finder in general on this podcast before, but we kind of want to give you a little rundown. For all, the, for all of you who may be new, uh, here's what the guild finder tool does. So, quote, with the new guild tools and Update 22's free bait. Wow, chat is freaking out. Holy cow. I... Have offended the world with the new guild tools and update 22's free base game update, meaning you don't need to buy ESO elsewhere to enjoy these new features. You know what? When you're on a budget, you do whatever you can to make your whiskey good. That's all I'm saying. Darn okay. it. All right. So you can. F- I think people just flat out feel bad for you now. You can. <laughs> you can both find a new guild and easily more advertise your own guild as open. Or new applications. It even allows you to search and filter results to reflect different activities and experience requirements. So, uh, all right. So, how to join guilds? Well, if you are looking to use the Guild Finder tool to join a guild, here's how you do it. Uh, you look for the Guild Finder tool within the Guild's UI menu. From there, select Browser Guilds. You can initially filter the list using the following activities. Wow, chat really is moving. Okay. Uh, all right, so you can filter by <laughs> the list of the following. Trading, group PvE, role-playing, social, PvP, questing, and crafting. You can even narrow down the list further by selecting ac- additional activities in your play style, including options for balanced, casual, or hardcore. I really, I didn't expect quotes from devs, so this is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so UI designer lead Bobby Weir said, quote, We built the tool based on how guilds have entered traditionally, excuse me, advertise themselves and how players looking for guilds have done so. Our hope is that we're not just connecting players and guilds, but we're connecting compatible players and guilds, or compatible players and guilds, excuse me. Those that share the same in-game interests, speak the same languages, have the same mindset, play around the same times. So maybe you are a new GM in the Elder Scrolls Online, and um, you're like, uh, hey, I want to recruit people. I want to use this tool. How do you use it? Well, here's what you do. Simply navigate to your guild's UI menu and select the recruitment option. From there, edit your guild listing and assess the applications. You can set your primary and secondary focus in addition to additional activities, roles, champion points, requirements, if any, playstyle, and more. Bobby, you know, you're making it hard to do this when you're just smiling as you look out of chat out of the corner of your eye. <laughs> Bobby, we're continued quote. Why are you staring at me, you <laughs> freaking weirdo? <laughs> do your part of the your show. Your guild's focus plays a huge factor in how someone will discover it. When looking for a guild, the initial categorization is based on guild focuses so that players can really zero in on the type of guild they're looking for. After that, your headline is then your next opportunity to stand out within the list of guilds so think about what the best way is to encourage people to dive into your guild's listing. End quote. I feel terrible. Why? Because uh, I've been looking at this guild system, and I, we have collectively decided not to use it for recruitment. 
Yeah, we haven't. And for for the for our lore seekers guilds, and here's why. Um, I thought this probably be a, a pretty good forum to address it. Um, we haven't done any recruitment other than this podcast, and I think the folks who listen to our show are a certain type of people for one. Um, and they kind of understand the just of who Jibs and I are and how we have built our community. Right. So what we did not want to lose is that ability to organically bring in the people who listen to the show and enjoy our community for what it was truly meant to be, which is, I guess in a nutshell, is just a really safe place to come and play your games and that's can play your game that's what we're looking for and we felt that if we were to open up a recruitment through the guild finder then people just kind of browsing the list that have no idea what lore seekers are about would just start hitting you know start hitting the button this one sounds cool just start spamming it and it's like then we get people that have no idea what we're all about so our plan is to have an informational page talking about our guild and then kind of funneling people towards our website. And that way we can also capture people in Discord. Um, so that's just kind of the way that we've decided to run it. We just don't want to open it up to like a ton of different people that have no idea what Lore Seekers is about. We want to keep our guild um, with the best quality folks out there not that we wouldn't find them that way but we just don't want to completely open up our doors for you know anybody to come in and apply we want you to know what we're about yeah. first yeah so that's why we've decided to uh, to do it that way now having browsed the system if you have you know just a, a regular guild that's not based around something outside of the game like we have it's freaking amazing it's really really good System. So if you're looking for a trade guild or, you know, any other type of guild out there that's not, you know, doesn't have specific needs as we do, then absolutely use the system. It's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like equivocate this to um, that favorite restaurant you like to go to on the corner that doesn't advertise, but it's done through word of mouth. That's pretty much what Lore Seekers yeah. is about. Right. We don't advertise. If we do, it's on Twitter, and it's very rare that we promote our guild via Twitter. Everything about our guild is done organically for the most part, um, if not ninety nine, you know, hundred percent, ninety nine point nine percent, and uh, you know, it's people who listen to the show. So, yeah, I hope that didn't sound hoity. No, or, I, you know, Altmerish, but it's well, you know, you have those ears. I do have those ears. <laughs> I, I do have those. Uh, I, you know, we just, we want to make sure that the folks who are coming into our community are for the most part, like drama controlled and kind of understand what we're doing. So yeah, I guess we are kind of friggin' haughty. Chat calls us a non GMO. <laughs> we are very, very organic. Grass fed. We are grass free fed, range, free range and wild caught. <laughs> yeah. So there's all that. Hot day. <laughs> All right, well, it's that special time where we bring back that wonderful segment that we call Dungeon Lore. All right, well... Uh, Whoa, yeah. it sounded really industrial. Yeah, it did. Just kind of 
Open right up there. It's not like a Dwemer door with bats. Are the Dwemer coming back soon? Got a Dwemer in the basement. Why don't we go down there and get him? Sweet Jesus. So today we are doing dungeon lore number five. Number five on uh, Banner Cells 1, right, Cash? Yep. Dungeon lore number five on Banner Cells 1. This one makes me laugh every time. And the only reason being is because, um, yeah. Hi, Kinlord Relis. Douche. He's a total douchebag. Oh, yeah. What's he say? What's he, what does he say again? Um, Something about, oh, you think you've won? Yeah. At the end. It's like, dude, we just whooped your ever-loving ass. Yeah. What's, a, what's the name of the guy that's in there, though? The other guy. The one that drives you nuts, takes holds you by the hand through the entire dungeon. I thought it was Relis. No. He's the one who's he's like, um, is he slain? Oh. Oh. Keep a Syrian. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Look, I like... I I love ESO's NPCs, but that guy is like smashing my face against a cheese yeah. grater. He's irritating AF for sure. Absolutely. Sorry. Continue. Carry on. But okay, it had to be done. <laughs> so the loading screen that usually happens when you're going pee or refilling your drink—that's a recurrent thing. We're going to keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, the high elves live long lives and have a talent for magic. Sometimes an Altmer's pursuit of magical power leads to tampering with forbidden knowledge and illicit dealings with evil Daedra. It was to confine such trespassers that the banished cells were created. The banished cells, this is number one that we're covering tonight, is located in northern Ordon. And the quest you get from there is called Banishing the Banished. This is one of the quest that you'll get for the initial initiation into the Undaunted. You milksop. Okay, so here's the story. The banished cells have been overrun by Daedra. They've set free the immortal High Kinlord Rilis, an evil being of great magical power. In the dungeon, you will agree to help keep a Syrian... The warden of the banished cells deal with this crisis. Not an actual warden. He's like the warden of the prison. He's the type yeah. of warden. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy. So you're going to run into skeletons, scamps, banekin, and clan fear in there. And the clan fear is super freaking irritating, like they are in every other part of Elder Scrolls Online because they jump to you and stun you. And yeah, so dodge roll. Uh, many bosses, you're going to run into a cell hunter. He's a wraith. You're going to run into Angata, the clan fear handler. She's a Dramora summoner. You're going to run into a skeletal destroyer who is a bone colossus. He's awesome looking. Hell yes for the bone colossus. Looks just like your necroalty. The bosses you're going to run into are Shadowrend, a clan fear who has way more effing health than he should have. But... Right? What is Easily. what is about that? Like it's just <laughs> got so Did much he hit the roids help. beforehand? He's like, all right, I got an HP pool of a well, freaking raid boss. He's a reptile. So he's got scales. What the hell does that have a... anything to do with it? Well, scales are hard. Uh, dude, just go mix two whiskeys. Right? And then you're gonna fight high high kin lord Relis. Alright. 
High Kin Lord Relis is an extremely haughty, nose in the air, super high knife ear Altmer. Oh, yeah. He's so freaking annoying to listen to. Oh, you think you've won? Yeah, bro. These spells aren't as grand as the Daedra. <laughs> Almost sounds like a that almost sounds like an Argonian. I'm sorry, that was awful. <laughs> and Jibs is gonna cover the gear sets and the achievements you can get in there. Okay, yeah. So anyway, we love our gear. Speaking of, we're gonna bring back uh, an old segment next week, so you can look forward to that. Uh, but anyway, gear sets uh, this week. First up, you got Sanctuary. Pretty entry level gear set that you're gonna get. Two items adds up to 1,200 max health. Three items, 4% healing taken. Four items, over 1k maximum magicka. And five items, increases your healing received by 12% for you and up to 11 group members within 10 meters of you. Now, second for medium armor, we've got Jailbreaker. Now, this is a fun one. This is, um, you're going to see this probably used frequently in PvE um, gold character gold running characters you sure because i was going to say in uh breaking down for crafting and also for me while i'm leveling my new experimental build this isn't too bad of a set to have um you know this set is really more situational so two items over 1k maximum stamina is added three items 129 stam recovery four items 129 stam recovery and at five items here's the part that really gets everybody into this gain minor expedition at all times increasing your movement speed by 10 percent now i'm just gonna say this if you are a if you fancy objective based battlegrounds and your job if you're running a pre-made and your job you are the carrier this may be a set you want to consider mainly because of the speed boost okay so don't an write orc, don't write or an altmer or an orc or a wood elf in that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You put a wood elf in that. Woo-hoo-hoo, yeah, yeah. So don't write off all these uh, baby sets like this. And I say baby sets because you know it's coming from an easier dungeon. Because these uh, each set has a use. It's just a matter of how you put them together. Yeah, you're gonna have to couple that one with like a shackle breakers or. Uh, fortified brass or something in order to get yourself what you need to for PvP, but I definitely see the Jailbreaker set as a like a stealthy farming set if you're stealing a bunch of stuff and you got a bail. Yeah, absolutely. That's a cool set for that. Absolutely. Next for Heavy Armor, you've got Tormentor. Adds 1,200 max health, 4% healing taken, another 4% healing taken, and at 5 items, when you deal damage with a charge ability, you gain up to 3,600 physical and spell resistance and taunt the enemy to attack you for 15 seconds. Whew, there you go. Dungeon set. Yep. Yeah, that's a full-on dungeon set. Absolutely. The monster set in this uh, dungeon is Shadowrend. One piece, 129 magic recovery. In two pieces, when you take damage, you have a 15% chance to summon a shadowy clan fear for 15 seconds. The clan fear's basic attacks deals up to 3,400 magic damage and applies minor maim to any enemy hit for 10 seconds, reducing their damage done by 15%. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds. What? What? Nelson? Okay. <laughs> Somebody in chat just mentioned a camo shirt and matching Crocs. It was not a camo shirt. 
and two different whiskeys. I wore a brand new button-up fly shirt. You know what? I'm going to post a pic on Twitter. Is that what you, you want? You cannot. Is that what you want? No. I don't, I don't want to see I your freaking wardrobe good. failure, dude. I wasn't the only one who wore shorts. It was an outside wedding. It was hot. Okay. That sounds super. It was a wedding. Two people are, are being joined together for the rest of their lives. I don't know. And I guarantee you they stopped and went, What the <laughs> is he wearing? <laughs> this is our day. This is our day. It's not about him and his comfort. It's about me and you and the beautiful flower that we're making together. You know what? Who, you know who'd approve with, of that? Who's listening right now? Who would approve? Rich freaking Lambert. Rich Lambert would approve, but he's way freaking cooler than you are, guy. No, that's just hurtful. Okay, hey, I'll make you feel better. I'll boop your nose again. Don't move. Don't no, move. Don't you touch me. You don't touch I me. I got you. Stop touching me. All right. First up, we got uh, for achievements. We've got Banish Cells 1 Vanquisher. Defeat Shadowrun and High Kinlord Villas in the dungeon itself. <clears throat> Banish Cells 1 Conqueror. Defeat Cell Haunter, Shadowrend, and Gata, the Clan Fear Handler, the Skeletal Destroyer, and High Kinlord Rillis and Vet, Banish Cells 1. Then you've got Soul Splitter, Defeat High Kinlord Rillis and Vet, Banish Cells 1, after invoking the Scroll of Glorious Battle. Ooh, close. We're going to get to that one. Yeah, I know. White uh, Gold Tower's coming. Oh, man, that is a dungeon. That's, you know what, that is, I, I shouldn't elaborate, but that's the dungeon that really welcomes you to ESO right there. That one. I agree with that a thousand percent. Yep. Veteran Bonebreaker 1, defeat 350 Skellies, and Vet Banisels 1. A vet uh, Deidre Slayer, defeat 100 Deidre, and Vet Banisels 1. Then you've got Banisels 1 Survivor, it's a no death run, and Banisels 1 Assassin, that's a speed run. Basically, the timer starts when a group member enters the first hallway. As in velocity, not the drug. Yes. Okay? Yes. God, you guys. Speed. Momentum. Yep. All right. All right. So that was, um, we're kind of getting in there. I mean, that's five dungeons. So before you know it, we're going to be into DLC dungeons. And we're going to be talking some serious crap. Oh, yeah. Because these are easy. Come on, you guys. Banish Cells 1, it pops up on your feed like a billion freaking times. So I know you've been there. That's right. You got to kill the orbs. You got to dodge roll out of the white fire. Don't be in it. Kill the guy. Listen to him. Act like a total douche, and you're done. See, this... harder dungeons yeah. are coming. We're gonna talk about them. I look forward to that. That's gonna be fun. Um, yeah. I think that's probably gonna motivate us to get a dungeon group together, you and I, to uh, get these achievements done. See, this yes, guy please. agrees with me in chat. This guy knows what I'm about. I feel like this is a, un- a reoccurring theme throughout this entire episode. Unless it's one of my daughters that I'm giving away, I am all about short, sleeveless, and sandals. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. I get that. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> is this Patches the dipstick that you're talking about? Because <laughs> there freak. is no credibility when you have a name called Patches the dipstick. No. Oh, you're talking about Jeek Freak? Okay, fine. I'll listen to him because he's wise. There you go. Anyway, I'm from California. I'm all about board shorts, and a pair of freaking Converse. But you were at a wedding. The merging of two lives together. You're saying this as if it's going to impact my thought process. 
Ah, you're right. You're so right. Okay. Right. If I can't, if I can't do it, yeah, Jibs, it's the Lord again. The next time you go to a formal event, dress formal. You're a douchebag. <laughs> now look, if I I'm was going saying, to someone's wedding that I knew, or Fine. someone like if I was going to you know someone's wedding from Zoss or yours, which you're already married, oh, so somebody weird. you respect. Somebody you respect. Is that yeah. what you're saying? You know what? I really feel like an Altmer right now. You are acting like an Altmer. And the good part is is that I have, obviously, a direct line to the big guy, and now he's talked to you. So maybe next time, instead of going to Walmart for your shit, you'll go to an actual store that has some nice clothes. I mean, like, hey, dude, even a big and tall, you're a pretty tall guy. Put on some clothes that are respectable. Before we move on, I'm going to say, chat, if you have not heard of the website People of Walmart, you need to go Google that oh, right dear now. Oh, God. And prepare your eye sockets to be you burnt. You are so mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for the lore spell. Cash, are you ready to send some... I am, sir. Testicles? All right, here we go. Friends, we are talking Pelotine uh, Southern Elsewhere today because it's... Confirmed. Our thoughts were confirmed. I think it was pretty dang obvious that in the next part of the season of the dragon, we're going down south. So we're going to talk a little bit about Pelotine today. Let's get into it. In the second uh, second era, year 309, the state of Pelotine was formed in the southern regions of elsewhere. Coupled with the northern region of Anequina, the two kingdoms make up the whole of elsewhere home of the very iconic Khajiiti race that is no news to anybody. During the first era, elsewhere was comprised of 16 independent zones that worked in harmony to maintain security and a healthy economy in the region. If you've heard our former lore lessons, we have talked about these 16 regions. However, Pelotine, with access to the waterways feeding the Topal Sea, served as a trading hub a trading hub receiving goods and services from the imperial city of Cyrodiil. The coastal cities of Torval and Sinchal were among the busiest ports of trade and both worked very well with other independent realms in providing goods. Problem happened in the first era year 2260. The Slode of Thross released a devastating plague upon the mainland of Tamriel, the first of two. Total douches. The engineered illness, which was called the Thracian Plague, slowed from Thross, Thracian Plague, caused death and destruction across the whole of elsewhere. This was the first time this was going to happen to these poor cats. The entire, entire families were killed by the Thracian Plague, including many sitting in very high-ranking positions. The plague impacted the region so much that some influential Khajiit were thrust into power where they never sought it in the first place, and that caused a lot of problems. The 16 independent realms of elsewhere were reduced to just two, Anequina and Pelotine. And these two kingdoms would be locked in a stalemate of conflict for centuries. Reason beings. 
The two kingdoms of Anequina and Pelatine were very, very different. While the northern lands of Anequina developed into a strong warrior culture, Pelatine revolved around its wealth. The lush lands of the Tenmar Forest in the southern regions fed a very rich moon sugar trade that allowed for a steady income for southern leaders. So for this reason alone, they chose to hire mercenaries to protect them instead of fostering their own fighting forces. They would rather take those folks, instead of teaching them to be soldiers, they'd teach them to be farmers. And then they would just hire the mercenaries that they needed to defend what they owned. It wasn't until the second era, year 309, that the quarreling between the northern and southern regions of elsewhere would come to an end. The rulers of Anequina, Akirgo, and Pelatine, Ishita, would marry in a strategic move to finally unite the realms. So the north and the south, their rulers married. This unity was coined the Elsewhere Confederacy. However, the simple marriage between the two warring regions would not necessarily prove to be the soothing solution that they were looking for. Mm. Instead, whoa. Mm. Mm. Sorry, it's like the plot thickens. <laughs> I'm, I'm just taking this all in. This first time here fellas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Instead, uh, the marriage spiked, uh, sparked a bunch of tribal revolts in Anequina that threatened to plunge the regions back into conflict once again. With this move, many Khajiit felt that the ruling class had betrayed the populace. It wasn't until the first main of the people, Riddharidatta, instituted a power-sharing system between the tribes that the conflict would finally settle down. Fun fact. The main Riddharidatta solution that helped to quell the conflict between Anequina and Pelatine was based upon the moon phases of Masser and Secunda. Let's talk a little bit about what that actually was and what it meant. By bestowing a system of class equality under Master and Secunda's bilunar shadow, the power was divided in accordance to the two moons dance of Jacques Don't worry, I was like, what the F? What does that mean? This led to a sharing of the control of elsewhere on a rotational basis with both sides benefiting during certain moon phases of Master and Secunda. So basically, depending on the moon phase, either the north or the south took power during that time. Hmm. The term... Mm, that was a subtle one. It was a little more subtle, but still a little freaking creepy. Creepy out? Like you, what, you don't want to hear walking down a dark St- alley? Somebody still, going... Mm. I boop your nose. Boop. Don't touch me. <laughs> Too late. The terms of this agreement were recorded by the Riddlethar, which was overseen by the main himself. Another fun fact. The Riddlethar was nothing but a set of guidelines by which the Khajiit would live from during this point going forward. Seen as a prophet by some or a dictator by others, Riddharidatta would manifest as different avatars. Most of these avatars were seen as humble messengers of the various gods of the Khajiiti pantheon. Okay. 
That's the history of the people. Let's talk the geography and the cities. Dominated by dense jungles and foresty woodlands, the, the landscape of Palatine is similar to that of Valenwood, the home of the wood elves. Well, it's right next to freaking Valenwood, so that makes tons of sense. The lush, humid climate of this area is the perfect environment for the cultivation of organic goods. If you know what I mean. Moon sugar. Much of society of Palatine is deeply involved in the process and trade and production of hallucinogenic moon sugars, which hold a strong cultural and religious significance to the Khajiit. This is a very controversial drug, but is a driving factor in the aristocracy of Palatine. The city-state of Torval is one of eight major cities in elsewhere and considered elsewhere's capital city. We haven't seen that one yet, my friends. Looking forward to that. Yes, please, Sanchal, dude. Sanchal is my hood. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Torval is located on the western edge of the Tenmar Forest and borders Valenwood. It's literally 100, mi- or 100 yards from the border of Valenwood. This is the part that tripped me out. <laughs> right here. Carry on. Freaking cats are... Freaking cats are always causing problems. Torval is the home of the main, elsewhere's spiritual ruler. Surrounded by his tribe, the main lives. It's funny because I have a typo here. This is the man. The man lives a lavish lifestyle. The man lives a lavish lifestyle. The main lives a lavish lifestyle in exotically built palaces made from timber found only in Valenwood. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, tell them why that's wrong. This is where the geek in me comes out and the lore guy in me comes out. If you have not listened to our previous lore lessons, the Bosmer live in Valenwood. The Bosmer are not okay with anybody <laughs> even clipping a leaf off of any foliage. It's part of the Green Pact. They cannot harvest anything organic (laughs) except for meat and animals. Copy that. So the Khajiit think it's okay to go into (laughs) Valenwood and steal their freaking wood. Chat says Khajiit are straight savage. They are absolute freaking savage. And you wonder why there was a war flat out between the Khajiit and the Bosmer. It's, didn't it right? start over the stolen wood? That's exactly what it started over. That's some stolen shit. freaking wood for the main's property. <laughs> Dude. Oh, it's curiosity good. killed the freaking cat. And in this case it literally did. So that's, that's funny stuff. Yeah, it was when I was reading that I was like, oh, those guys are freaking crazy. Hmm. Okay, so I digress. The gardens surrounding the palaces of the main are adorned with sugarcane gardens, of course, and an array of Cathay Rot servants. The main spends many hours in his tightly guarded gardens in meditation and quiet contemplation, which harkens back to our chat on the Khajiiti Adepts. So, lots of Khajiit are meditators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. 
And this one was really, I could have probably done an entire lore lesson just on this. Fun fact. The temples of the two moons dance are palaces, excuse me, places. Places, yeah. Places, A's come in weird places sometimes. Mm. Uh, are places of philosophical study and warrior training located throughout the region of elsewhere. The temple at Torval is known to be the finest training ground for unarmed combat in all of Tamriel. I pause for Man, emphasis. wouldn't that just be... <laughs> I'm sorry, the mic was muted. I realized it mid-gasp. Mid wouldn't that just be the shit if out of nowhere it's like, oh, hey, by the way, there's a second class, and it's the monk. Shut up. Would that not be the ultimate, like, holy shit moment? That would never happen. I'm going to do this. I know it would happen. I'm going to do this just because it just happened. Okay. Okay. There's that. All right. Um, uh, I think that is a possibility. No, but not I just at all. don't think. I just don't not think that all. the. Okay, it's not a possibility because I just don't think that the monk holds enough lore significance in the Elder Scrolls world. I wish it did. Yeah. Bards, engineers. Oh, tinkerers. Oh, my heart. Shut Look, up. all I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stop after I say it. The Dwemer disappeared. Their formulas didn't. End rant. Wow, that was a very short little box jump soapbox thing something you had to, there. Something to think about. I'm so proud of you for even saying that. Thank you. Again, this is number four. I boop your nose. Boop. Don't touch. This is my no-no square. He loves it. He's such a liar. <sighs> nose boop. Nose boop. Okay. It's my effing life. Can I finish my fun fact? I God. wish you would. Seriously, dude, you're such a. I gotta mow the anyway. grass. It's a little late for that. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's actually ten o'clock at night. Uh, In Podunk. that's not happening. <laughs> Can you Good imagine luck. somebody doing that? <laughs> you know, whiskey mixer. Right. <laughs> so anyway, the Temple at Torval is known to be the finest training ground for unarmed combat in all of Tamriel. And yes, I did pause for effect. That is pretty profound. The course of study at these temples revolves around the teachings of Riddlethar. Of the Riddlethar, sorry. Uh, students at the highest level of skill are so powerful, it is said they are nearly unbeatable in weaponless combat, even if the opponent is using magic. Wow. That's pretty badass, dude. That's yeah. like, that's Terrace Cassis stuff right there. Oh, yeah, I just mixed IPs. Who does that? Who mixes whiskey? I don't know. Wow. I keep going. While the main served as the spiritual face of the Khajiiti people, Lord Garesh Ri, the Lord of Torval, that may sound familiar to you elsewhere fans, Lord Garesh Ri was the political leader of Pelatine during the Second Era. In the Second Era, year 580, not too long before Elder Scrolls Online, Garesh Ri signed the Elden Accord formally making the province of elsewhere founding members of the Aldmeri Dominion. Dun, dun, dun. Now, yeah, more of that if you pay attention to our YouTube series, which is coming out very quickly. Now, Cash's character's hood. Senchal, found on the eastern tip of the Kinral Peninsula, 
Sanchal is yet another influential port city in southern elsewhere. Full of crowded bazaars and open markets, the highly populated harbor city is a haven for pirates and smugglers that operate in the southern sea and the adjacent Topal Bay. Thought that would really get your goat, Jibs. I was kind yeah. of excited about that. Yeah, you did. Yep, pirates and smugglers. I love pirates. Sanchal, they yeah, they're awesome, especially in this game. Mm-hmm. So there you go. How about a pirate class? Sanchal oh, is <laughs> Sanchal is widely known across the whole of elsewhere for its busy harbor and nautically adept people. We get into lore and we start talking about all the new things we want to see in the game, and Zoss probably flips us off. And that's probably fair. It's very fair. It's incredibly fair because we're gamers and we want what we want, we want right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fun fact. Because Senchal is located at the meeting of the Niben River and the Topal Sea, the coastline is dotted with massive whirlpools and water eddies, making navigation of the harbor a tricky proposition. You gotta know what the hell you're doing if you're gonna pull into Senchal. Okay. Trade in Senchal is not known to be altogether legal. Safe. The black market is a thriving business mm-hmm. with just about anything available for sale. Yes, we have talked about this before. Senchal is a hotbed for necromatic activity, necromantic activity, as one can easily acquire fresh corpses if one has the coin. The air in Senchal is smoggy by Tamrielic standards. It's humid and thick with smoke from the city's main chimneys. There are three districts in Senchal. Black Kiergo is considered Senchal's slums. Avoided by many as it is a dangerous place with a heavy influence of moon sugar and skooma addicted unsavories. The streets in this area are dotted with illegal dens. Sugar dens, that is. The Black Kiergo section of Senchal is the original home of Rajin the Footpad, the Khajiiti god of thieves and tricksters. It was here, in Black Kiergo, that Rajin lived and operated as the greatest burglar in the province's history. One of his most notable feats was stealing the tattoo from the neck of an empress. That's pretty badass. Mm. Yes, it is. One very well-known location in Black Kiergo is called Sugar Street. The other two districts in Senchal are called Doggy's Pride and Squinti. In the second era, year 560, the Nahatan flu would decimate much of Senchal. This is where it landed, folks. Mm. First making its appearance on Sweet Street in Black Kiergo. The flu soon made its way to the other districts of Senchal and into the town of Alabaster, which is north just across the bay. Mm -hmm. It was from the ports of Alabaster that the Nahatan flu would spread across the whole of elsewhere. So the sick people got on boats, tried to get away... They were mm-hmm. sick. They didn't know it. They were in the um, the phase where you can get people sick. Can you call uh, that again? Uh, phase one, step one. Denial. Denial. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, I believe it's the uh, contagious stage. <laughs> oh, okay. The anyway, they got feverish. on ships, and because Alabaster was like the main port out, um, that's what happened. They traveled all across uh, elsewhere, all across uh, Tamriel, and started getting people sick. The city of Senchal would be devastated by the Manhattan flu with chaos decimating the streets as the afflicted search for relief from the disease. Much of the ruin caused by this event was never rebuilt until late in the second era, which leads me to believe that a lot of the areas that we are going to see in Senchal are still devastated by the effects of the Manhattan flu. It would definitely make sense. That's the right. case, you know. Folks, I know we talk a lot about the Manhattan flu, but you gotta understand the impact it had on elsewhere. It nearly wiped, it wiped out half of elsewhere. So the impact is insane. It's the reason they're thinking that it's the reason for the Three Banners War. The Manhattan flu. So, and again, if you want more information on the Manhattan flu, Keep an eye on our YouTube page. Okay, fun fact. As mentioned, Elsewhere joined the Aldmeri Dominion during this period. One of the major reasons for this very unlikely union of provinces was the assistance that the High Elves offered the Khajiiti people in ridding Elsewhere of the Nahat flu. They were not asked. They showed up. Right. And there may be reasons why they showed up, but... Oh, you know there was definitely reasons. Oh, there's it, for sure reasons. It's interesting that at that very specific moment, they showed up. They could have showed yes. up any time, but that right, that specific moment. And right afterwards, the Khajiit joined the Aldmeri Dominion. Boy, isn't that convenient how that just happened to happen. It is, but the Altmer, yeah. number one, are very smart, and number two, the yes. Khajiit very are fiercely loyal the Altmer saved them from being wiped off the face of Tamriel without fear. They showed up without fear to yep. help the Khajiit in their time of need when they were they were afflicted. A ton of True them were that. afflicted. True that. And they showed up with healers as a matter of policy mm -hmm. because they knew that they were going to need their help. And the Khajiit were very honorable and said... You helped us, we will help you. Which is pretty cool. For sure. There is no doubt that Elsewhere has an amazingly rich history, and we've seen so many examples of it during the most recent adventures that we've had in Northern Elsewhere. So we cannot wait to travel to Southern Elsewhere and discover more of the story of the Khajiit, the Vagabonds of the South, You've seen the trailers. We've seen the trailers. Lots of the most beloved characters in the game are returning. Some very mysterious characters are returning by way of the Breton hero. And the discovery of new lands and the continuation of the epic story that we're going to see in the season of the dragon. We cannot freaking wait. I can't wait either because um, you know what Pelantine reminds me of? Or... Uh, Oh my gosh, I just butchered the name. Not Sinchal. Yeah, Sinchal. You know what that place reminds me of? That uh, one place that you bought two crappy whiskeys and mixed them? Yeah. Cool. Coruscant. 
That IP mix again, dude. That's a total mock. Can't do that. <laughs> but it totally does remind yeah. me of Coruscant. It has the layers of Coruscant. It has the, um, you know, kind of like the underbelly of it. And I look forward to, I hope we get to experience those layers in Southern Elsewhere. And I really think, I'd be really surprised, but I really think the Manhattan Flu is going to be uh, showcased heavily. Yeah, because it's still around. I mean, most of it's eradicated by this time, but um, there's still remnants of it. I mean, hopefully we get to see, like we were saying, in the uh, architecture of Sanchal when a lot of it was destroyed because of the flu yeah. and people, you know, flipping out during the during the time of the flu. I hope we see that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed this show. This was a lot of fun for us to put together for you. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. And if you did, first off, if you have any questions, whatever it is, you can always call us, 765-382-6961. You can also email us, lorestickerspodcast at gmail.com. And you know, whatever app or however you're choosing to listen to the show, we hope that you leave us a review wherever you're listening from, whatever platform you're using. But if you're using iTunes, we definitely appreciate your reviews. And with every five-star review that you give the show, we show you some love with a shout-out on the show. Special shout-out, by the way, to uh, our secret community member to learn. Have a happy birthday. Happy birthday. Have a good day. And thanks for the awesome ESO art. And the ESO art that you make. We appreciate that. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, if you're looking to, uh, you know, we talked about our guilt a little bit. If you're looking for a place, a home, a hub, where you can forge relationships that last forever and join a social guild that's active daily. And mixed whiskeys. In EU. And, yep, mixes whiskeys. You can join us at loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. You can learn all about us there. And at the very bottom, download Discord, join our Discord server, and apply by typing slash apply apply to guild channel you can find this show wherever podcasts are free be sure to subscribe get your episodes automatically to your device cash where can they find us you can find us on twitter at lore seekers cast you can find us on instagram at lore seekers and right here on twitch at twitch.tv forward slash lore seekers podcast if you're a twitterer you can find jibs at jibs irl and cash at lore seeker cash the caches with a K. There you go. Everyone, we hope you have a great week. Stay awesome. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. You have a good one. Boop. Dilly friggin' dilly. How many times I gotta tell you? Stop touching me. Boop. Episode 7 It turned out that Jibs and Cash were correct about Tharn. It was quite easy to track, actually. He had continued southeast through Valenwood and passed through the mountainous eastern edge into southern elsewhere a few days after the four adventurers found his trail again. He had indeed used a wayshrine to shorten his travel, and luckily Jibs and Cash were quite adept at scrying they were able to trace his steps through the plains and pinpoint his landing location. From there, tracking him became a piece of sweet roll. However, 
What he was doing all the way in the southern reaches of Khajiit territory was still unknown. Singetail, yes, his new nickname stuck, was looking forward to exploring his native homeland, but unfortunately, he was still battling fevers and chills each night. He was lucky to still have his appetite, though, because had he not been properly nourished, he wouldn't have been able to be traveling at all. But something strange was definitely happening to him. He didn't mention the headaches, the general weakness, or the insatiable craving for raw meat to the rest of his traveling companions. Each night when they stopped for a meal, Singetail would request his meat rare and found himself wanting to drink the juices from the partially cooked meat instead of actually consuming the whole haunch. This was definitely abnormal for Singe. He usually had quite the lust for good barbecue. Singetail also continued to have very vivid dreams each night in his bedroll. He didn't have the urge to explore tunnels as he usually did, which worried Krindar. The duo would usually both be quite keen to find a new underground tomb in which to lurk. But over the past few days, Singetail would turn in early in order to have enough energy to continue their trek in the early morning hours. His dreams were bright and dark at the same time. A repeat of the dream he'd experienced when he first woke from his three-day slumber. Each night he would explore his own mind a little more, striving to learn the meaning of his recurrent dreams. He began to attribute the hues of colors as symbolism. The dark he attributed to the evil of the world, and the red his experiences coated in a thick layer of fresh blood. He couldn't explain it, yet he understood the translation in his mind. It was just too much to try and explain to his companions, so Singetail continued to keep his sleep experiences to himself. He was sure that he was going crazy, a little more each day. On one particular day, things began to come into focus for Singetail. The party was traveling through a thick section of woods and Singetail was in the scout position, ahead of the main group. His senses were on fire. As he cautiously stepped through the woods, attentively watching ahead for possible threats, Singetail noticed he was keenly attuned to his surroundings. Every sound was amplified. From the rustling of the birds in the trees above, to the slightest movement of a critter in the ground cover, the Khajiit adept could hear it all. Of course, Khajiit innately had an increased level of spatial awareness and finely tuned senses, but this, this was altogether different. The sounds bombarding him today were nearly deafening. Singetail wanted to put his paws over his ears and just sit. He wanted to try and understand what was happening to him, but he had a job to do. He had to keep moving. He had to keep his companions safe. But in addition to his heightened senses, Singetail had an insatiable urge to hunt. It was far beyond the simple need for food. He had an unwavering lust to kill. He continued to stalk through the forest, hearing, seeing, and feeling every movement around him. At the edge of a row of birch trees, Singetail noticed an opening in the tree line. 
he quietly lurked to the base of a large tree, his footpads landing soft with each step and avoiding every dried branch or leaf that would create a sound. He stopped at the tree, surveyed the landscape for threats, and just breathed slowly, trying to calm his raging nerves. In the deafening silence of the forest, he heard the unmistakable sound of a heartbeat. He knew it wasn't his own. This heartbeat was something else. A creature of some sort. But how was it that he could hear its heart beating? This was not just the thump-thump of a normal heartbeat. Singetail could actually hear the blood of a creature flowing in and out of its heart. Thump, whoosh, thump. Thump, whoosh, thump. How could this be? Singetail thought to himself, in that moment, he experienced something he'd never felt before. A surge of heat overwhelmed his body. Not just from his deaf movement through the forest. He was blazingly hot. His eyes felt as if they were on fire. His chest heaved with every breath, heat searing in his lungs with every inspiration. Then, without warning, Singetail was suddenly in a full sprint into the grassy meadow beyond the tree line. In the distance, about 30 meters away, a sizable buck fed on sprouts of alfalfa growing in the field. Singetail was near silent as he sped toward the animal at a blinding speed. It was as if he was being controlled by some mysterious outside force. The distance closed in an instant. The deer neither heard nor had time to react to the bolting Khajiit. Not a single weapon was used. Before he knew it, Singetail had pounced on the defenseless deer as a four-legged lion or panther might. His body atop the animal and his fangs securely latched to its neck. Singetail could feel the warmth of its blood entering his clenched maw. The hot blood flowed down his throat as the deer let out a frantic, rut-like bleat, piercing the silence of the meadow. For some strange reason, Singetail felt a powerful surge of energy enter his soul. He was refreshed, emboldened. He was whole again. Hearing the blood-curdling cry of the dying buck, Cash, Jibs, and Krindar crashed through the forest in Singetail's footsteps to catch up. When they entered the meadow, they found a gruesome sight. Singetail sat on the meadow floor with his legs crossed, the dead deer lying on his side just behind him. Singetail's eyes were closed, and he didn't move a muscle at the approach of his friends. Fresh arterial blood saturated the fur on Singetail's face, dripping slowly into his lap. He appeared to be in a trance, some sort of meditative state. All three of his companions were dumbfounded. Quindar, his Alfique partner, was the first to speak. Singe! Singe! Are you alright? What an oblivion just happened! Singetail's meditation broke and he opened his eyes with a start. To the surprise of his companions, 
Singetail's eye sockets were glowing as red hot as a blacksmith's tongs. I... I don't know. What is happening to me, Krindar? Singetail said with a confused look on his face. Jibs and Cash, standing behind Krindar and taking in the blood-drenched scene, glanced at each other with a knowing look. With a nod toward Cash, Jibs approached Singetail with an air of caution. Singetail, you've just fed. You should begin to feel somewhat normal now, but in a few days, you'll get those feelings back again. Like you're not in control, Jibs said slowly and quietly. A look of bewilderment fell upon Singetail's face. Singe, listen to me. Those feelings, when they return, you must let us know. Do you understand me? We will help you, Singe, Cash said cautiously as he approached his new friend. What? By the moons, what do you mean, fed? Singetail said with uncertainty and disdain. Singe, I think he means you're turning, Krindar said. Turning? Turning into what? For Srendar's sake? Krindar, tell me! Krindar looked to Jibs and Cash, standing at his side, then back at Singetail. Into a vampire. 